All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. 
And on the other hand, it's it's really late. It's on a player that is completely defenseless. He's not even remotely part of the play. The puck has been gone for a long time and obviously crush him right in the head, right in the face. Probably, I mean, I'd be kind of surprised if his nose wasn't cracked or broken. And and I just know that in this day and age, you are the, the league's trying to get rid of those hits. This isn't a guy coming down center. He's not coming across the middle, not coming across the blue line, takes a big hit where it's like, buddy, you're entering the zone of a defenseman. You have the puck and you're just doing nothing to protect yourself. It's different than that. I did say there's some onus on McCabe to protect himself, but it was very late and he's just not part of the play. So if you want to talk about allowing that hit in the game, I'm all for it. Let's start doing it. But they're not (laughs) going in that direction. They are completely trying to get that out of the game. And when you're talking about suspensions and the way guys are getting hit, you got to look at that one and be like, well, if you're trying to get rid of that out of the game, then that's a pretty clear example. I don't know how well-versed you are with the NHL video game, but uh, when I play that game, I like to finish my hits, uh, obviously. And uh, I, I become very, very truculent, and I finish every hit. And I, na- I normally take interference penalties. And I normally hit like seven seconds after the after the puck goes away. So it was pretty clear. <laughs> Having said that, like, and you can speak to this, man, because you played in this league. Like, it's really, really fast. Like, I, I think... There is sort of something to the fact that people see something on social media and they react accordingly, but they don't comprehend how quick the game is. Like, I'm not defending the hit. I, I think it was a late hit, but I, I think it's important to take that into account, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, it, it, the, the view from, like, the traditional broadcast from up top doesn't look remotely as bad. You get that photographer down in the in the corner yeah. and you see it at ice level. It looks much worse. Um, you know, McKay put himself in a bad spot. There's no doubt about that. Uh, you cycle up the wall and maybe you don't expect to get hit, but I mean, you leave yourself vulnerable for the, for that badly. If a guy does finish his check or is right on you, which you obviously didn't know Marchman's right on him, you're really exposed. It's going to be ugly. So I totally am all for having an onus on a player to protect yourself and be able to absorb hits. But that was just super late and not even remotely part of the play, like not even remotely. So that was the bad part on me. And then, of course, the prime, you know, if if you go low and just hit him right in the chest, oh, you just take the wind out of the guy. And it's like, what the hell is that interference or not? But to crush him right in the face, it happens fast. I mean, he's leaking all over the place. His nose looked all puffy. Like, I don't know if it's busted or not. Hopefully not. But it's just I know they're trying to get rid of those hits. So you, you can't make them, but not even a two minute penalty. So you got four game suspensions over here and not even a two minute over there. It's the consistency. That's the problem for me. And Marchman's probably like, I don't know. There was a time where I can finish this check, but now I don't know. It's kind of late. And like you say, it happens really fast. It's, it's a bit of a coin toss and, and the onus is on. It's probably not eligible to hit that guy, but he also should be protecting himself. Excuse me if my uh, chronology is, is off, but, um, Benoit, Simone Benoit, um, laid into Marchman a bit. I think it was after that hit. I'm pretty certain. Uh, maybe I'm incorrect. Maybe you guys in the chat can help me out I on that. Was, but I thought it was before, the, and they were saying that's like retribution or whatever. Like, but yeah, I yeah. can't remember either. But anyways, like uh, Benoit, dude, that's the perfect type of game for that guy, and it it by the game and like he played a season high 2245 last night. Like th- this is becoming a serious, serious story, and. I remember vividly you and I got together. I'm like, the Leafs signed a depth defenseman. He's going to be sparingly used. Let's have a conversation. We put something out. We said, hey, this could be an under-the-radar type move. And 
I mean, he has been so consistent for this team. He had one shift last night where he put on the stick of a Dallas star and, and then went for a big hit and it led to a two on one. It was a really, really weird sequence by the way. But other than that, like he, he's had blips here and there, but he, he's been as consistent as they come. And then that's being, um, you know, telling you a lot about this team as consistent as they come when it comes to blue liners on this team right now. Yeah, he's one of those, like, where would we be, you know, without him? Uh, another, He's filling in a hole and filling a role, and he's doing it quite well. He stands out in a lot of positive ways. Um, you don't play in that league on that team where, you know, there is defensive breakdowns and there is, you know, times where you're getting left out to dry and you're hanging out there by yourself with not a lot of options or outlets. So it's going to lead to some turnovers here and there. Like you said, he made one, but I mean, that's that's negligible. Yeah. And he's 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 a, a great surprise. He stepped in and like you said, we didn't have a lot of expectations. It seems to be a theme with Toronto Maple Leafs when the expectations are on. It seems to be very hard to, to perform. And, and when you're able to go in and fly under the radar, you're able to kind of flourish. And he's taken the, you know, the opportunity here and he's done fantastic things with it. So, yeah, he's one of my favorite guys out there. I'd love to re-sign him. He's, he's been a, a pleasant surprise for sure. And uh, producer Vic clarifying that Benoit ran him in the third period, so I believe after the hit. But nevertheless, mm-hmm. I, I just think he he brings that physicality that you need in the back end. Imagine adding a couple more of those guys. We're going to have that conversation about Chris Tenev and others a bit later on in the show at the Leafs Nation 401, where you can subscribe on YouTube, Leafs Morning Take, wherever you find your podcast. Make sure to leave us a five-star review, please, and uh, maybe a comment on how much you love Jay Rosal. That'd be fantastic as well. Brought to you by DoorDash. It's time for the appetizer for a limited time. Our listeners can get 25% off up to $10 in value and zero delivery fees in their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app. Enter code NATION25. That's code NATION25, uppercase, or 25% off your first order with DoorDash. Offer valid in Canada. Subject to change, terms apply. So as much as they didn't want to talk about the core four last summer, Rosie, it's becoming abundantly clear. It's all about the core four. And it was on uh, Wednesday night, five goals, nine points. They were exceptional. Well, if you're going to put all your eggs in the basket of four guys, they better be goddamn good. And they better be single-handedly winning you a lot of games. And they did last night. Um, a, A good performance. That is thrilling to watch those guys make those plays from you know Marner to Nylander Tavares I mean some of those goals were just like my my is that fun to watch and it's electric and you know they had those bounce backs where they continued to hold on to the lead and you know they gave it away a little bit in the first period I was like oh god but they they stuck to it and those boys showed up and they have to that's what they get paid for you don't command four guys to those kinds of salaries without having them be able to perform on a night where they just take bloody control. So that's the way you've built your team. Those are the expectations. And, you know, to, to win five, four and barely be holding on. I thought they buried there with 30 seconds left that, uh, you know, the chances galore and they, they hung on, you could say by the skin of their teeth. It's just my issue. Like I, I don't want to be negative and I'm, I'm happy they got the win and the two points and the big boys showed up and it's nice to see Willie back to clicking again and John and, you know, Marner's bird, a beautiful one. And, you know, the puck keeps going in the net for Matthews. It's, it's fantastic, but you would think, you know, that should be like a four, one win and not hanging on by the yeah. skin of your teeth. And it, it's just not quite. And, you know, can the core four do that in the playoffs consistently to win a series? and then another series, and then get to the finals. Like, very tall task, very tall order. 
when in order to do that night in and night out on the playoffs, it is going to take you to get in the fucking trenches and go to war. And I've been vocal about these guys not really being that team. That being said, nice to see them light it up last night, showed their talent, showed their offensive prowess and and got the thing done at the end of the day. So a nice two points that, you know, was, you know, they're all pretty needed at this point. Couple turning points in that game. I, I thought it was a really strong showing on the PK midway through the second period. I believe uh, Matthews and Marner had uh, two unbelievable chances. One from Nylander, um, and that's been a big story too. Obviously, with uh, with Calf down, with Yarncroke down, uh, the core four are pretty much uh, patrolling the PK. Like I mean, they're playing all facets of the game consistently now. I thought that was a big turning point. And I thought the response after Dadnov buried on that penalty shot, which is like, it's it's so Toronto, you surrender a penalty shot, like he's scoring, obviously. I, we'll get to Samsonov. I wasn't crazy about his night, but I like the response. They scored 32 seconds later, and then 20 seconds later, they score again. And it was like a 3-3 game to a 5-3 game in like 20 seconds or like 4, 50 seconds. Like it, it that, That's the response I need. And um, in games past where it's like they've been buried by a shitty goal or a shitty situation or something doesn't go their way, they they fold. And I will say that they responded accordingly in that game a couple times. Yeah, for sure. They they didn't relinquish. They didn't back off. They put the hammer down. Didn't matter what happened to them. There's you're gonna go through times in a game where, you know, geez, things don't go your your way. You know, like you say, a penalty shot, they bury on it soft one here or there but they just kept the hammer down and when I've played on good teams in comparison to bad teams when things go bad the good teams just don't panic they they just understand like doesn't matter what happens we can put the hammer down and we know who we are and we'll continue to do what we do and have faith that you'll pull it off and you don't you don't back off you don't let off the gas you don't pout you don't slouch you know you're you're you stay on your podium there and say no i don't care what just happened and you keep the hammer down and they did that very well and like you said turned what could have been a you know we let it slip we you know mm-hmm. we play, didn't play for that 10 minutes and that's where the game got away from us and that old song and dance it wasn't that at all like you said boom they kept it going and got that lead and you know all of a sudden i was the same thing look look down and holy shit it's five three here like it, it was nice and you know they let that one in and and then they had to play scramble in their d zone for the last bit which is an ideal and you'd like to see them close the door and have a nice cushion but again they got the two points and you know i don't i don't love the core four just like running the majority of all the five on five minutes all of the power play and then all the kill too like can you do that in the playoffs? Can you, you need to give those guys a blow on the bench and let them reset and grab a water, grabs their legs, let the acid go away, give them a, a blow on their lungs and then get back out there and let other guys kill that penalty for you. If they got to go out there again, like I don't know how sustainable that is to lean on a couple of guys that hard. I would like to see the depth on this team come up and, and be a value. Like you want to talk about that? Like your tweet the other yesterday was, was eye opening, man. Like, since yeah. December 1st, it's February 8th right now. Since December 4th, Domi has four goals, Camp has three goals, Nice has two goals, McMahon two goals, Holmberg two goals, and Gregor two goals, Bertuzzi one goal since December 1st, 27 games, one goal, five and a half million bucks. Like, it, if you're not putting the puck in the net, if we're going to say we're going to let these four do all of our scoring, well, then what the hell are you doing? You better be a shutdown man, an energy man, a physical body punishing guy a pk or supreme block and shot you better do all that stuff but no the core four gotta go out there and do that shit too so whether you want to blame key for 
putting the load on them and not giving these guys opportunity. You can say what you want, but the production is just not there out of the depth players on, on the front end at all. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking watching that game. I'm like, I thought about the Stanley Cup playoffs and I'm like, well, it's great on February 7th for the Leafs to score five goals all from the core four. But come playoff time, again, I always bring this up. Like it's never, the conversation rarely following the season is rarely about goaltending or defense, which has been a big topic of conversation, understandably so throughout this regular season. It's about the depth scoring. It's about the fact that the Maple Leafs can't score when it matters most. And and this concerns the hell out of me. I mean, you you read the numbers out there. It's pretty much the been the core four and everybody else yet again. I mean, we've had this conversation so many times that they just need somebody to step up. They, they need somebody to go on a roll. We thought it was going to be Nick Robertson, but he's not really getting the minutes. And now these guys are playing the PK. They're playing the power play. They're controlling the ice. So, I mean, you want to have that conversation about it not being about the core four. It's about the core four. I'm sorry to say. Yeah, it's, it's no secret. They're not a really well-rounded team. They're not a really deep team. They've, they're very heavy in certain areas. We talk about it at nauseum. It's how they've built this team. It's the contracts they've awarded. They did it again with Willie. We're going to see what happens, you know, with Mitch and it's just, they've got themselves in a position and you know, how do you get away from that? Do you either have to let one of those guys go or, you know, and I get why you can't. We've talked about this. They drafted these yeah. guys. They believe in these guys. They they don't want to let these guys go. And they, but it's just like you said, it's just too thin. It's too lean. Like the, the, the teams that win the Stanley Cup just don't have, you know, four heavy, heavy, heavy contracts. And the rest is thin as hell. You'll get picked apart in the playoffs. You'll get exposed. And when these guys aren't playing like they did last night, where they kind of hung on by the skin of their teeth, they're going to be exposed and it's going to be the difference in the game almost every time in those playoffs. And, you know, we're talking about defensemen and goaltenders and this and that, but I don't know. You just right now it is what it is. There's, you're not going to fix that right now. You're not going to fix that in the next one month of, of time until the trade deadline is now and here and it's over. You're not going to. So, I mean, all you can do is cross your fingers and hope yeah. Yeah. If they can make some kind of an adjustment, what do you do? You give away a first rounder for Tanev? Would Tanev make the the team look better? Of course he would, but he's a rental just for the next couple of months to see what you can do, and then it's gone. Your first rounder's gone. It's not a top five pick. I understand you don't know who that player is going to be or what he's going to turn out to be, but it is kind of scary to say, you know, we're just hoping right now. Our fingers are crossed. Okay, let's do it. First rounder gone, add Tanev. Okay, that bolsters up. You can put Brody in more of an appropriate role for him, kind of on that third pairing where he's not so exposed. You got Tanev, he can play a little physical. He can he can have that grit on the back back end and compliment Brody and take some of the the pressure off of Riley. Like, I get it. I want Tanev. But like, are what are we doing here? Are we going all in? Are we just gonna dip our toe in and see what happens? Are we rolling the dice? It sure seems like we're just rolling the dice and hoping that it's a different look in the playoffs with this group. I just can't see why it would be when the four guys are what they are. I mean, they're gonna if they if they play the absolute best hockey they can play, if they play like they did last night in the playoffs, is that even enough to get it done with this surrounding, you know? cast around them I have my reservations and what you're going to give up to maybe try and put you know uh to try to put a band-aid on it or hold the dike it's just hard man and two points a win it's nice to do a show after a win core four were fantastic I like to focus on that no question but I still just have my reservations about 
And, and, and it's just hard because we go around in a circle. They're not going to fix the identity of this team at the trade deadline. They're just not going to. So I don't know. All you can do is roll the dice. Fingers are crossed. I hope to hell that, you know, you, you catch lightning in a bottle in the playoffs and and find something in, a, in a, an identity and a way to play. It's just kind of, it's just not built the way that teams are meant to win. It's, it's frustrating, but <laughs> it is, we got what we got, baby. It really is a peculiar feel, right? Because like they win the game, but it's like they in that span of 60 minutes, they showcase like why we like them and why we fucking want to throw the remote at the TV sometimes. Like it's so weird, man. I can't compare it to it's kind of like the Oilers when they had, you know, so many eggs in their big boy basket and you're relying on them to win you the game every single time. And they have almost nothing else around them. They've found it recently with some, you know, bolstering their back end a little bit and they got some goaltending and it's starting to work, look a little bit better. They weren't really facing very deep teams during that run they went on, but forever they were like either they're, they're the most electric team to watch the Oilers because of who they have and their stars, or else they're just abysmal and pathetic and just pull your hair out. The Leafs are much the same. Like, you watch what they had last night. It's just electric. Some of those plays and goals and holy yeah. shit. Look at Nylander. Look at that play. Look at the way us. It's fantastic. But it's just, you have to have that in spades every night to win. And you're still just holding on by the skin of your teeth is kind of scary because they've shown that those guys aren't really, you're not able to do that kind of hockey of last night in the playoffs when it gets deep in a game five, six and seven, it's just different hockey, man. So yeah. I don't know. They've gone this direction. Those guys, it's on them now. Do that in the playoffs. Find some grit. Benoit, guys like those are stepping up. McCabe, hopefully bolster our back end. We need fucking so much more out of the supporting cast of forwards, the Bertuzzi's and Domi's of the world. Nizy needs to step it up and, and be. He's not 21 years old. He's older than that. He needs to be kind of a man out there. He's getting the opportunities out the ass. So you just you, you hope you find lightning in the bottle coming into the playoffs is the best we can hope for at this point because the, the the roster and the general general look of the team is set for sure. Yeah, yeah, the fire wagon hockey is not going to work in the Stanley Cup playoffs. I mean, let's make that abundantly clear, and it's been clear for years. You can have seventeen all stars on your team; it doesn't matter. It's a different game. You're going to have to grind out goals. And again, it's fair to look at this team and be like, are they going to get to those dirty areas in the Stanley Cup playoffs? And you know, I, I know guys are hurt, but even watching the PK, like, are, are you seriously thinking about rolling Austin Matthews out there on the PK in the Stanley Cup playoffs where I think the sole focus is to put your body on the line? Like, that's an injury waiting to happen. Like, I I like using these guys sparingly, but when you're rolling out consistently, and again, injuries are playing an impact on this, where it's like Marner and Nylander and Matthews, and I know we've had this conversation, injuries happen in this game, it is what it is, but I think come the playoffs, like, they... I mean, if that's what they do and they pick up somebody who can kill penalties, I'm all for it. Like they, a defensive middle six type guy, I think would be beneficial to this team because I just don't know how I feel about running out the big boys in the pressure cooker moment moments, uh, the big clapper coming from the point and you're jumping in front of the puck. At least you should be. Yeah, you're rolling the dice, putting those guys. I mean, yeah. part of the penalty kill these days is being in lanes blocking shots going down to that blocking position i mean you can break a hand or a foot so easily and it's taxing to kill penalties it is starting it is stopping it is edge work and you know you can you know you start to get run down you tweak your groin here or there like it's just it's it's risky to run those guys that you desperately need they're they're everything to your offense to your potential of winning games is all in those guys and you're running them out there at 20 plus minutes all the time and 
putting them in situations where they don't really get a chance to to get the rest or to take it easy on the body. You expect a penalty kill in the playoffs to be doing all those high danger things. Do you want Austin Matthews laying down, blocking these one-time clappers from these players these days, these defensemen, the way they shoot the puck? You're just asking for him to break his foot or something with a blocked mm. shot or break his hand or his finger. Then you're fucked for six weeks. And I mean, it's just, then you're done. Like it's the, it's game over. That's how, you know, fragile it is when you have so much stock in, in such a limited amount of players. Like you lose one of them, you're toast. So it is scary. I don't like having the core for their superstars and you're expecting them to be superstars all throughout the games and the playoffs to have them running out there constantly on, on the PK is, is just like, God, it, it's risky as hell. I don't love it. I wish we had a huge studly cast of guys to go out there that are those meat and potato lunchbox guys that kill that penalty guy comes out of the box, get the hell off and get those big boys out there to do their thing again. But it's not like that, man. They're out there for every situation. I know I've been hard on Willie too. I, I thought he was amazing last night. Two goals and an assist, but like it was the driver Willie that we've seen in the first half of the season where he was just dictating pace and being aggressive and eager and, and ramped up. And and that's the style. Like I think in, in the past couple games specifically, he's been tentative, hesitant. And and I think that was more of the Nylander we saw prior to signing that contract. So I thought he was great. Again, I echo what I've been saying the last couple of weeks. Mitch Marner. I thought was excellent. Again, a, a big time goal. Again, a great response goal. But there was even a sequence in the third period where he was heavy on the forecheck, outmuscled the defenseman. How many times can you say that? Feeds Austin Matthews. Like that's the type of stuff you need to do to win in the Stanley Cup playoffs. So I, I, I thought that was very positive. And John Tavares, again, uh, you talk about players who needed that long break, the eight day break. It's him. He, he looks refreshed, rejuvenated. I thought he was great. Again, a multi-point effort for him. Yeah. And like when you started talking about like the way they played, that's, that's just effort to me. That's effort. You know, sometimes Willie, you know, since he signed that contract has been, you know, maybe guilty of just kind of gliding into the zone and looking for that open spot and just kind of hoping things come to you and just watching the game and seeing where, and you know, high skill players can do that and they find the spots and they look like they're not doing anything and then bang, they're in the right spot and they bury. That's great. But like you said, he was driving it, man. When Willie's playing well, his he he is he's head down, ass up, and then he gets that puck and watch out for you know the 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 fireworks that he can create with that thing, and it comes from effort level. Like he gets in there, he chases that puck down. He's got a chip on his shoulder. He's got an fu to everyone on the other side of the the rink saying, "Get out of the way, give me that puck. I am going to expose you if you have one misstep." And it's it's electric. And like you say, Mitch is going in there battling puck battles, chasing down. You know, sometimes he's he's guilty of just kind of watching the guy go into the corner and just kind of waving his stick around and hoping he bats it out of the air. And it's like, Mitch, what are you doing? Right. But he's in there. He's in the fight. And if if these guys are signing these deals and putting their eggs in these baskets, they have to play like that, especially in the playoffs. It has to be balls out effort. I don't care how skilled you are. Hard work beats talent every time talent doesn't work hard. But if you're talented like those boys and you work your bag off, they can do special things and play hockey the right way. They just have to commit to it. And they did last night and it looked great. They did. And I had to bump one of my tweets last night as well. The 10th too many men on the ice penalty in 49 games, man. Like it's how is this like 
Like, and this is not just a this year thing. It's like a last year, the previous one. I do not understand how the Leafs take so many, too many men on the ice penalties. Maybe you can explain what's going on on the bench when these take place. It's the bench call and and who's up, man. Like you're, you got a lot going. It's not easy to be a head coach. You have to be watching the game, talking to players, um, you know, conferring with your coaches, keeping an eye on what's going on in the back end. And you have to know who's on the ice. You have to pay attention to who the other team has on the ice. And you have to give the line a heads up on who's going out because it could be a quick shift. A guy could block a shot and hop off earlier. Whatever the case is, you got to be ready. And obviously there is tons of times where he's not ready. He's not, you know, it's not just an, as easy as roll the lines. They don't just roll the lines. There's especially at home, there's line matching like crazy. You got to pay attention to a ton of things. And Keith is just constantly caught with his pants down where the boys <laughs> don't know who's going out. Like your left wing, you're looking at that left wing or your third line, first line, fourth line, you just got off or you double shift in the first line. What, what's going on? You have to know. So when that guy comes, chuck your leg over and get out there. And there's obviously times where two guys are going, nobody knows who's going. So someone's going to jump in to make sure, you know, you have a guy on, but two guys are thinking the same thing and they jump on the ice. Bottom line is the guy, the boss behind you didn't let everyone know clearly what's happening on the next line change. And that has to happen every single line change. So keeps dropping the ball there. hundred percent. You're the, you're the captain of the ship back there. You have to make sure the boys are, are knowing what's going on. And to me, that that's on the head coach. When you're taking that many, too many men on the ice penalties, you're not, you're not relaying information clearly. It's just bizarre. Like I I've, I've never, I've never seen a team take this many, too many, in the, uh, too many men on the ice penalties. Like not even my beer league team does this, man. I know people hate it when I refer to my beer league team in the chat, but like, this is peewee stuff. This is peewee stuff as producer Vic puts in our, uh, in our group chat here. Um, off the air with the show. It's true though. Like this is the National League. Like I, I get it, Rosie, a couple times, but ten times in forty nine games, you're an NHL team with aspirations of winning a Stanley Cup. It's unacceptable to me. It is way too many. It's just those details, right? Those details, like paying attention to the the clock when the penalty is winding down, paying attention to who's up next, paying attention. This little things, yeah. Those are details that at the All National mental. Hockey League All it mental. should be. It should be automatic and and it's not. And, you know, once it starts to become a pattern, you'd think that we, you really buckle down to make sure you nip that in the bud and they just haven't. It's continued to flourish. 10 of those is, I I wonder what the second most uh, too many men penalties team is and how many they're at. I bet you it's like four or five, man. Like I bet you were doubling up the massive majority of the whole league on that. And it's, it's a, it's a brain fart thing that you'd think they'd shore up, but uh, continue to do leafy things. Shout out to our friends over at Blue Jays today. We're in the chat holding strong. Beer league comparisons absolutely hold up. Make sure to go check out Blue Jays today. I would love Cody Bellinger as a member of the Toronto Blue Jays, by the way. So appreciate you boys. And thanks for the uh, the chime in. Rosie, I wanted to get your rebuttal on something I said yesterday. You don't like data. You don't care about previous games. The Maple Leafs dating back to 2020 have now won six in a row and seven of eight against the Dallas Stars. Your thoughts? Yeah, they match up pretty good. Yeah, I mean, going yeah. back to 2020, similar core and stuff. I, I I like to stay within season on the season matchups. I don't think anything that happened in December 4th of 2020 has any relevance to do with either of these teams right now. <laughs> but it the patterns do emerge, and it's great. Um, yeah. Why that is, It's is it just, you know, if it's going to happen with 32 teams playing each other, you're going to have little streaks that, is it a coincidence? No, probably not. They match up you know, pretty well, obviously. And, you know, I like those streaks. I like those streaks as opposed to, 
the streaks that are more negative. You know, I want more teams that the Maple Leafs have, you know, constant winning records against. It's a nice thing to look at. And yeah, we, I bet heavy on them last night. I was a little bit worried for a, a second in the oh. first period. Yeah, same. I told you I was taking them hard. Just money line, mash it. I don't care. I think they're getting the win. And uh, they pulled it off. So, you know, nothing's perfect. We do pick things apart. We Things still bother us after wins and whatnot. But two points and continue the streak against Dallas. Rock and Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Here's a pretty good fucking bet. Uh, bet on one of the core four guys to score in a game because <laughs> nobody else scores for this team. But uh, 27 and 27 now for Austin Matthews. Fortuitous bounce, but like that's what happens sometimes. Um, I mentioned Ilya Samsonov earlier on. Four goals on 31. Wasn't crazy about his night. Like he, he just seemed to be like, like I don't even know what to phrase it, but like he was swimming. Like he 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 wasn't finding the puck. He looked a bit off. It started, I think, with the first dump in for some reason, like hopped over a stick and then bounced behind his pad. I'm like, what is happening with this guy? But again, I think he does deserve a mulligan. He has been really, really solid the last couple of weeks, but I'm curious to see how he responds after that game. Maybe fatigue settling in. Is there a, a point where you, you try to get Martin Jones in there again? Yeah. When you see Sammy start to, you know, fall off a little bit and, and cool down. That's that's when you give him a blow and you look at the schedule and, and what you need to do um, and who's coming down the barrel and when you want to play who and you find a spot to to give Sammy some relief. But there's been absolutely no reason to to take him out of the crease up until, you know, post-All-Star game here. I'm not saying you need to pull him yeah. out, but he's been hotter than a pistol. No reason to to do anything but play the guy and get his confidence up and get his reps up. But yeah, last night he was, he was sliding around a little bit. He was late. He was kind of reacting as opposed to being in position. Um, He was looking around, trying to find it. He just didn't look too confident, didn't have his angles and his timing was off. So it it is what it is. He wasn't horrible, but he, he didn't, you know, stand on the head and shut the door. If he did, I think they could easily won that game, you know, five, two, five, three, but um, you know, expectations, you can't expect him to be, you know, Pat Juan is in his prime every single night. So 
it was what it was. It'd be interesting to see where he goes, but yeah, you can't ride him forever. You got to give him a blow here. And Martin Jones, I'm sure is, uh, been working hard and ready to pick up, uh, you know, at some of the play that he's had this season. Chris writes in Sammy needs to play, not sit spike 11. Jones should start Saturday. Another rendition of the battle of Ontario is coming up on Saturday. Um, special teams, a big time story. As mentioned, the Leafs go three for four PK wise. It's trying to one power play goal. And the power play three for three. I mean, that's such a difference maker, especially mm-hmm. in the Stanley Cup playoffs. But you're you're getting like two peepers a game in the playoffs. So again, it, it's differently. Uh, it's different for a variety of aspects, right? Um, the officiating, the coaching, the matchups, like everything's so different. Where it's like a different style of hockey. Uh, so I, I can't. You can't rest your laurels on a game like that. Like you watch that game, Rose. They're not winning five four games in the playoffs. I, I hope they know that at least. You know. Yeah, and they're probably not going to get four power play opportunities, and you're not going <laughs> to win. You're not going to win series or a Stanley Cup championship on the power play. So it's nice that the power play is clipping. It is. It is deadly. And when you do get your power plays in the playoffs, like penalties are so so devastating because they can really decide things. You know, third period penalty is you know when people are playing tight and hard. It's you get your opportunities and there's not lots and you better capitalize on them. So, you know, if you can get those goals in the playoffs, absolutely. But you're not going to have four or five cracks at it in the playoffs and you can't rely on it all the way. But when you do get them, it's nice to have guys that they can bury it and put it away. And we have a very deadly power play. And when it's clicking, most PKs don't really have a chance. So nice, nice weapon in the back pocket for sure. Good to see it clipping. Um, Got to have more than that, though. I just I just. I like I, I like when this team does well. I just yeah, we say it all the time. The playoffs are different. You have to be a beast in the playoffs. And you know, maybe it was a step in the right direction last night because, like we said, the effort level was there. Marner's getting gritty, but you have to go to fucking war in the playoffs. And I hope these guys are preparing for that. I hope so too. I'm I'm certainly preparing. I want to see them make the playoffs first and foremost, but I want to see a different looking team in the playoffs and the jury's still out if they can do that. Uh, the chat is buzzing, by the way. Appreciate you all at the Leafs Nation 401. Uh, hammer that subscribe button. Hammer that like button as you watch this show. Really helps the program out. Leave us a five-star review wherever you get your podcast. Search Leafs Morning Take for that. This segment is brought to you by Douglas, named Canada's best mattress on a Canadian living. Douglas is loved by more than 200,000 Canadians and they're backed by over 10,000 five-star reviews. Every mattress order comes with a free comfort sleep bundle, two memory foam pillows with pillow protectors, one luxurious cotton sheet set, and one mattress protector. That's a $650 value. Yours for free when you order a Douglas mattress now. And we have our own link. Uh, So head on over to douglas.ca. That's douglas.ca slash LMT. douglas.ca slash LMT. And the insider phone, Rosie, is a buzzing. It's ringing, my man. And uh, again, it, this is out there from um, a variety of different insiders. But talking to a couple people last night, the last couple of days, it sounds like the Leafs and Flames are reengaged on conversations. Uh, I can tell you, and again, a lot of this news is out there, but Calgary's holding firm. They want a first-round pick for Tanev. The Leafs are saying, no, go fuck yourselves, pretty much. Um, probably more politely, because Bratchy Living used to work there. But now the focus, it, it sounds like the Leafs are trying to get a defenseman, presumably Tanev, and a forward uh, from the Calgary Flames. So maybe they're working on something bigger. Because I, I, I think it's so interesting. I get it. Like Calgary says, hey, we want a second rounder from every other team. You look, the Leafs don't have a second rounder, so automatically they like, give us a first rounder. I get why Toronto's hesitant, but I think there's a deal to be had there. Do you? 
Potentially, it seems like the one that stands out to everybody um, since day one, really, since we, you know, started to look at Tanev and he was kind of up there on the top of the the radar on the trade bait for the back end and guys that we need um, to mix in a forward as well. You know, you got to get value back for it. First rounders are scary. I wish we just had a second rounder. Um, she gone though. So yeah. it's, I would love to get them. It's just cost, man. It's cost. And, you know, I, I'm hoping that, Tree Living can get inventive, get a three-team deal going here where, you know, you don't have to give up so much and it's not so obvious what what's going around and you can kind of mix a little circle going around and have some pieces going both ways to make everybody happy and, you know, make a nice hockey deal that, you know, you can live with. Uh, the one-on-one stuff, it's like, well, you don't have a second, then give us a first. It's like, it's hard, right? And what are you getting back? Is he going to perform here? Is he going to gel here? Are we going to go deep? Is it enough to 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 fix a lot of the holes? And you know, you do hope when you make a a a move on your roster that it ignites something. You know, just in the dressing room wise, attitude wise, chemistry wise, and you can hope something like that gets gets guys going. But nobody knows, so a very difficult position to be in. I hope he gets inventive, and like I said maybe a three team deal somewhere like get in, get, get creative with it and see if we can make everybody happy and make a little bit of a splash. But yeah, Tanev would be nice to have no question. And, you know, looking at what we were talking about before with the bottom six and some of the, 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 uh, you know, the supporting cast of those guys is not up to snuff right now. You could, you could throw someone in there to really help that out and who that is yet to be seen. For the record, I would give up the first round pick, but not just solely for Tanev. Like, again, if from, mm-hmm. from everything we're hearing in that conversation, if it's Tanev plus, yes, that would make sense. And I, I'm I'm going blockbuster, man. If I'm talking to Calgary, and again, easier said than done, I want Hannafin and Tanev. Like, give me mm-hmm. both. I'll include the first rounder. And call me crazy, I, I'd be willing to, to part with a pretty good prospect. Like, Easton Cowan's got a 19-game point streak going in London. I think Hannafin's the guy nobody's really talking about. This guy's a really good defenseman, man. Like, he's going to be on the radar for Team USA the next couple of years, has been in the past. I think he's way better than people are giving him credit for. And you add those two type of players, and maybe you filter out a Brody, you filter out a Lilligren, and you're exponentially better. But again, a lot of this is going to be intriguing because both these guys would be potential rentals, and there's no confirmation they would re-sign with the Maple Leafs. But I like your fact of of getting creative, and I think... Brad Tree Living, you talk about expertise, you talk about experience, his resume. Now, now is when they're going to lean on this guy. I mean, he's been around for a while, and I just don't think he can be sucked into making a bad trade right now. It would just be terrible. Yeah, I mean, the Dubas lovers who didn't want to get rid of Dubas, who liked his path, um, you know, will naysay on like, you know, we're sitting in a wild card spot at certain st- points in time and it's like oh how do you like him now but I mean I think he's done a good job putting names on paper that is his job his job isn't to make sure they perform up to a certain level once they get here or you know what their production becomes when they're in the jersey you just get them in the jersey and then you know the rest of the staff takes over making sure that they can perform and find guys to play with and and get the most out of them so I mean on paper it looked good you could you could argue that, you know, on the back end, he made a mistake, but 
it's, it's what you have to deal with in free agency, man. And he, he's, he's not a stranger. He's bold. He's not a stranger to getting out there and making deals and working the phones and getting involved. So that's good. And like I, I said, try to get inventive, try to get multiple teams involved and see if you can work some magic to, to benefit your team with and feeling like you made a win. It's difficult to make a trade where you're really like, we won that one or we got exactly what we wanted. And I think you got to get creative to try to find that. Definitely. And we'll see. I mean, you just get that feel that something is, is going to happen in the next couple of weeks. I mean, uh, we've heard Brad True Living talk about the deadline before. He's not crazy about it. But certainly, I think if the Leafs have any aspirations uh, of winning a round, winning a couple rounds, like they, they need to upgrade. And I think last night, again, the game against the Islanders is a perfect example. Just way too many brain farts. Guys playing up when they shouldn't be. Um, you know, even Jake McCabe had his his problems last night. TJ Brody, like I mentioned this on Twitter last night, it's just so unfortunate how signs a four-year deal, exciting. He's a guy you really don't talk about the first couple of years of that contract, which is exactly what you want from a defenseman. You don't talk about him out of sight, out of mind. He's just doing his job. The last couple of years, and we know there's a lot going on behind the scenes by the sounds of it, but like he has just been such a shadow of what he was with Calgary and specifically in his first years, two years with Toronto. Like it's, it's been tough to watch, man. Like he, he just has not been good, sadly. Yeah, he's not playing up to his potential. You know, there's the breakdowns and the brain farts and some turnovers and some misplayed pucks and stuff. Yeah, you want more out of him, man. And it's just frustrating to constantly watch guys come and put a Leafs jersey on and then not perform up to, you know, what your expectations he, are. And it, it's yeah. not like you get guys here and, want them to shoot the moon and play head and shoulders over their abilities. You just want them to do what they've shown in the past. And then they come and it's just, it's a difficult place to play, man. It's a difficult yeah. place to win. You look at, you look at like Bertuzzi, for example, like, Oh, oh uh, how's that working out for you? Tree living. It's like, what the fuck? Look at how he was in, in Detroit and Boston and like yeah, who he but- was and how he played. And then he comes here and he's just an absolute shell of himself. It's, it's just frustrating. No, I get that. Uh, and, and and I just, I brought this up a couple of weeks ago, like Steve Eisenman, widely regarded as one of the, you know, the smartest, you know, executives in the league, like didn't want this guy. Like, I mean, I've been documenting Bertuzzi for quite a bit of time. I play fantasy hockey religiously. Like he's got his ups, he's got his downs. He's got stretches like he did with Boston. Then you don't notice him for 60 games. This guy, I wouldn't be shocked. This guy just catches fire at the randomest time. And from a lease perspective, I mean, we hope it's a Stanley Cup playoffs. Um, I think on Brody, again, the first two years of this contract, dude, he he was a legend. He he was so good, so consistent, reliable. But again, it started last year, but midway through the season, you're like, shit, like what's going on here? And it just continued here. And unfortunately, they're paying like this guy to be a top four guy, and they're pegging him in a top four role, and he's just not that guy anymore. Like he really he he's he's not reliable. Like I, you know, is it crazy to suggest that? Simon Benoit is the second most trusted defenseman on this team right now. Like maybe Jake McCabe's in that conversation, but outside of Morgan Riley, do you trust anybody else in that blue line right now? I mean, it's just, it's too lean. It's, it is too thin. You've got what you got. So is he, should he be a top four defenseman on a cup contending team? Well, no, he, he shouldn't man, but that's what you got. You're just running lean. And, and yeah, like without Simon Benoit, like we talked at the beginning of the show, where does that leave them then? And that was, that's like a, a happy accident that fell on your lap. So it just shows how, how lean this back end is. It shows why even when the, some of the best players in the world are on fire, you just eke out a win because you allow four goals. And 
your back end's just not it's just it's just too hard to have yeah you know forwards and a mentality and offense that we have that doesn't you know revel in the defensive side of the game and then have a, a lean lean back end it's not a recipe for for quality hockey and for rattling off wins with confidence and it's it's a recipe for holding on by the skin of your teeth and you know they've they've shown that in the playoffs but you know Again, all you can do is cross your fingers and hope that these guys find something in the playoffs, catch lightning in a bottle and find the chemistry and guys like Bertuzzi just come out of their shell and and wake up. But I mean, it's not it's not the it's not the strategy you want is to be going into the playoffs just hoping a miracle happens, man. This segment is brought to you by Charm Diamond Centers. Get custom ring building delivered in less than four weeks with the Charm Masterpiece program and unbeatable pricing policy. For more information, go to Charm Diamond Centers. Com. As we do, Rosie, on a weekly basis, I just want to have a look at the Atlantic Division standings. It was a quiet Wednesday night per usual on the NHL slate, but I will tell you the Leafs gained ground on the Tampa Bay Lightning, who lost 3-1 last night to the New York Rangers. Uh, you see that gruesome, gruesome Mikhail Sergachev injury, by the way, man, that sucks. Like He hasn't been able to stay healthy all season long, and he's a really, really important D for them. Yeah, I did exactly that um, yeah. when I was playing midget trip and um, was falling backwards and the, the edge was planted. A guy was on my leg, fell back and it it twists your toe. And I had a spiral fracture up Ooh. my fibula. And that was that for that season. And it was exactly like that. So I would, you know, maybe his knee went first and but something's taking that torque and it's not good. It's it's a ligament or in my mind, I think that's a bone break, a spiral fracture when you twist it with that much weight on it. Um, it's ugly. It sucks. I hate seeing that shit, man. It's um, one of the unfortunate things about this game is, you know, when you got those skates on and the edges are planted, you can twist and turn some shit and tear up knees and break stuff. And it's not fun. And yeah, it's ugly to see that. I, I looked at it right away and said, Oh, it's exactly what I did. And it's, it sucks. I hope it's, I hope it's minor, but looking at it, I, I just, I see it being a potentially uh disastrous or season ending injury. Tough loss for Tampa. Uh, meantime, I, I think it's so fascinating. You look at the standings on a, on a day by day basis and the Leafs win a game. And then all of a sudden the Panthers lose to Philly out of the break and the Leafs are six points back with a game in hand for, Oh, mice. Like, I mean, the combo just changes from what it was 24 hours ago, even at that, right? Like where yeah. you're, you're, you're in reach of the Florida Panthers again. And again, I, I think home ice is overrated, especially from the least perspective. They're not really good at Scotiabank arena. It's not really a house of pain. It's not really loud. So I can care less if they start on the road or on home ice, but uh, they're making ground a bit here in the standings at least. Yeah, I guess six six points back with Florida. You win that game in hand. You got to do that first to be four back. It's it's tough, but yeah, it's tight, man. It's a tough division. We talked yeah. about it, you know, in the summer times and early season. Like it's there's no there's no freebies. It's it's a battle all the way. And you know, a team that Toronto Maple Leafs with you know a twenty six and fifteen record are you know teetering around you know that spot. Like you said, day to day it can change. That's just how tight it is. So. Every point is important at this point in time. If you're if you're squalling away wins and and you know not getting yourself to overtime when you can and should, it's all those are going to come back to bite you. And you know it's not the end of the world. They got to get into the playoffs. You you what who what opponent do you want to face? I don't know. I don't <laughs> I don't love facing Boston or Florida. Yeah. Those guys are 
are big mean teams that are very, very, very strong. And it's a very difficult division. So, you know, points are going to be at a premium and they got to continue doing, you know, what they're trying to do. But two wins like last night, you got to keep rallying them off, win those games in hand and, you know, see what you can set yourself up and coming into uh, April. Yeah, I really don't care who they play. I just need them to get in. Um, I think the one team I'd probably want to stay away from is Florida. Uh, I just, I don't think it's a good matchup. I think we've seen the way they play the Islanders and Florida. It's not a good matchup, man. They, those two teams will hit them out of the building and the Leafs are like, nah, we're not doing this. So until they change their focus, it's going to be the same shit. The Botano wrap-up is presented by Botano.ca. The game starts now 19+. plus. Please play responsibly. Major announcement, by the way, Botano is the official partner of Copa America 2024, taking the beautiful game to new heights in the Americas. Join Botano on their journey of passion, unity, and unforgettable football moments. Uh, a couple of things I'm looking at tonight, Rosie. I like the under um, between Philadelphia and Winnipeg. I believe that's hit in four straight meetings between those two teams. And uh, I'm looking forward to that New Jersey-Calgary game. Uh, Igor Sharangovich making his return to New Jersey. We had the video tribute conversation. You see Tyler Mott got a fucking oh. video tribute. He's played 33 total regular season games through two stints. And they said, welcome back, Tyler Mott, to MSG last night. It's kind of embarrassing. I don't know why. <laughs> like, what is the need? Like, who benefits from that? Do, do the fans love it? Is Did it you get one when a- you came back to Toronto? No. Like a wave, like, hey, it's Jay Rosa. <laughs> hey guys, remember me? <laughs> no, I think it's weird, man. You gotta have at least a hundred <laughs> games played for a team to get that. And you have like pure angvol, like crazy, man. Get out of here, man. It's dumb. It should be like uh, you know, if a guy who is there's gotta be like there's gotta be like 20% of that guy's jerseys in the crowd while he was playing, if you're yes. gonna give him a welcome. You gotta back, make a rule. Know? Yeah. Not every duster that played 13 games and welcome back. Like, what do you mean? Welcome back. He's on a fucking, <laughs> you didn't want him. You didn't keep him. He's playing against you, trying to beat you. Oh, he's no, it's so Dude, great. I'm, like settle down. This guy's got to be a player to get a video tribute. You always had to, you used to have to be like a fucking, you know, maybe of the, in the hall of fame of your star. team to yeah. have that. Not, yeah. not every Tom, Dick and Harry that played like it. it is embarrassing and it loses all of its value. Remember when guys would, be embarrassed and stand up and have like tears and stuff and get a standing O for a ovation. Not every Tom, Dick and Harry. It's, it's dumb. And I, I laugh at it, honestly. Imagine being that intern who's got to put together like the welcome back graphic for like Pierre Engvall, just hating fucking life, probably smoking darts at his, at his editing chair. Like, what am I doing with my career, my life? You know? <laughs> well, I think that's who's putting it together. Like the interns and the people who just don't, aren't quite dialed in. There's so much going on for a game day promo team. And, I don't know. It's got to be just some kid like, I don't know, this guy used to play. Should we should we mention it? It would be fun. I don't know what the deal is, but someone with some uh, knowledge needs to get in there and be like, we're not honoring this duster. I could I could just imagine like me in school, like interning with the Leafs and they're like, yeah, so Jay Rosell's coming back. I'm like, who the fuck is that? He's coming back. Can you put together a welcome back package or a video tribute sort of like graphic? And I'm like, are, are we kidding? But I don't know when this started, dude. This is everything wrong with the NHL right now. It's a fucking tummy sticks league. It's kumbaya. We're all friends. Let's DM each other on Instagram. There's no hatred anymore. I'm sorry. This is not like the Darcy Tucker days where you wouldn't talk to the opponent. You fucking hated everybody and you're there to win and there for for keeps. It's just a different league, sadly. Yeah, it is. There's less intensity, less hate. I don't think you should kid yourself and think the Leafs would give you a job like that in the first place. No, definitely not. No. 
It is. Yeah, it's a little bit softer. I liked the Darcy Tucker days, man. Fuck, you would get behind and you would get that hate too. And you would want to win so bad and hurt and losing hurt and winning was incredible. And you would the fire and passion. I just love that shit. And it's it's few and far between these days. It is what it is. I don't know. What are you going to be the old man shaking your fist at the cloud? It's a different generation of kids coming up right now. But uh, I like it when there's a little bit of a little bit of FU between teams and coaches and fans and just organizations in general when you're just you're insulated yourself at my team against the whole world and you hate everybody else. I don't care if I'm playing against my brother. That's that's funner to me to watch. But these these guys don't have as much of that in them is what it is. Put it this way, like 25, 30 years ago, it wasn't outlandish to see like two brothers scrap in the NHL. Yeah. Like the, uh, now it's like we're, we're taking fucking picks together. It's just a different, it's a different league. Okay? Pardon me? The, pre- the Primo's fought. I played Wayne yeah. Primo and he fought his brother. It's uh <laughs> do what you got to do, man. Yeah, it's different, man. These kids are a little softer. Baby faces, we talk about it. They're more about... uh Hey, hit me up on, make sure you put that on your Instagram reel and tag me as kind of the main, main thought process playing against another guy that you know, rather than I'm going to bury you. And then the summer, I'm going to laugh at you and say, I own you. I don't think there's a lot of that anymore. Dude, I still remember the Darcy Tucker hit on Sammy Kapanen. He fucking hit this guy in a 2059, man. Like, it's just like, it was just a different brand of hockey back then where it's like you were hitting to hurt. And it's like, now it's like a little rub off. Like, let's make sure you get him off the puck. But the problem is everybody's friends. Back in the day, there wasn't social media. You're not skating together in the off season. You're not partying together. I get it. Like it's as much as you want to say, let's go out there and let's beat the shit of these guys. If you're buddies, you know, everything about this guy, you're friends with the parents. Like it's, it's different. It's different. Well, keep in mind, you can't go run guys like Tucker on, on Kapanen yeah. because you'll be suspended Fuck. for 10 games. And who wants to give up, you know, $500,000 to do that? But, you know, when yeah. you watch Tucker play and, you know, the sweat was dripping off him, he's screaming the intensity in his yeah, eyes, he's slamming gates, he's spring loading <laughs> his gloves and just diving into scrums like, oh, just, just salivate over that style of player. He was one of my favorite players growing up. Just because of how intense he was, it just got my juices going. It was so beautiful to watch. And just think if like if Mitch Marner played with a little bit of that or some of these oh. big boys, it would just be like, oh my God, you are like a you are a unicorn. You are you are just you you can't get enough of that player. And it's free to do that. You just gotta have it in your bones. And some guys just don't. A lot of guys don't. The majority of the league doesn't. And when you talk to GMs and stuff and guys in the know and scouts go, why don't you get guys like Brady to Chuck and guys that play, yeah. you know, skilled guys that play with some absolute jam and they look at you and they go, cause they don't exist. They aren't out there. And that's just the sign of the times, man. It is what it is. Uh, older aging hockey fans that yearn for the past and the way it was played. It's, it's no longer. And it's been trajecting that way for 60 years, man. You go watch a game in the nineties. It's insanity, but things change mocks. Yes. Very well put. Uh, things that don't change will be back on Friday. At least one take does not go anywhere. We got the Battle of Ontario yet again coming up on Saturday. Another big one for the Maple Leafs. They're playing an Ottawa team who's feeling pretty damn good. Uh, they're confident. They're not going to make the playoffs. And uh, that's a tough opponent to play sometimes. And they always step up for the Maple Leafs. So we'll, uh, we'll preview that coming up tomorrow, okay? I'll be here, buddy. 
There you have it. That's Jay Rosell. Everybody in the chat, many thanks. Uh, at the Leafs Nation 401, where you can subscribe. Hammer that like button before you go here and uh, search Leafs Morning Take wherever you find your podcast as well. We'll pop up. Leave us uh, a five-star review, maybe a comment as well. We'd really, really appreciate that review. And uh, thank you to producer Vic. I'm Nick Alberga. That's Shea Rosa. We'll talk on Friday. Take care. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 